my dudes, my name is Tiffany. Welcome back to my series, Internet Analysis, where I like to research and discuss things relevant to social issues and media. Today's topic is, you're not relatable anymore. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I am fascinated by influencers and especially YouTubers, and I'm also interested in the ways that fame and money can change people. So in this video, we're going to explore why some relatable YouTubers are not relatable anymore. Relatability is important on all social media, but I think specifically YouTube. YouTube became popular and has been popular because it's different from celebrity culture. We look at celebrities and marvel at how amazing their lives are, but they're different than us. They don't seem just like us except when they don't wear makeup. But part of the appeal of YouTube is this relatable element. Because a lot of times when we watch creators, we tend to feel like we could be friends with them. Typically before a YouTuber gets big, they film in their bedroom. You know, they're just a regular average person. Maybe they go to school, maybe they have another job, and they just happen to also have a YouTube channel. As a fan, it's exciting to be an early subscriber of someone because you can watch them grow and become more successful and feel really like personally proud of them. But at a point, many YouTubers lose their relatability and begin to alienate their audience. Here's a meme I got sent by one of my Instagram followers, which is just extremely relevant. Let's start with relatable content. I think the peak of broadly relatable content was pretty much 2013 to 2016. That was the era of those high saturation, very colorful videos. And the relatable topics that they featured included school things, hairstyles, meal ideas, DIYs, morning routines, life hacks. These topics are pretty much 100% uncontroversial. They appeal to the masses and they target a demographic which is usually girls age about 10 to 15. My Life as Ava was definitely one of the biggest creators in this category. She made expectation versus reality gems such as this. We also had the queen of lifestyle content, Bethany Moda, Aspen Ovard, and many others. By the way, here's me just being nerdy about money and metrics, but during this era, these videos were incredibly popular and these girls were making bank. Let's take Alicia Marie, for example. I was looking back at her channel and just during this amount of time, there are 127 million views just here. Alicia Marie's main channel has over a billion views. I can't even imagine. So that high contrast videography and those super exaggerated scenarios may have gone a bit out of style, but tons of creators are still creating videos about these topics. Take Hannah Maloche, for example. Especially a few years ago, her and her friends became kind of the new group of relatable teen YouTubers, and she had a period on her channel where she was making, you know, morning routines, back to school videos, challenge videos. The usual. Now that I'm watching these clips back, I actually look insane doing this, but it's so much fun to do this in the morning. There is always a new group of younger, relatable teen YouTubers every year. Look at these recent school morning routine videos. 
I was shocked to see that the titles and thumbnails are almost exactly the same. Clearly there is a certain style and aesthetic that is very appealing to this age group, but it's just crazy to see it like that similar. Then again, if you look back on those other thumbnails, those are probably all the same too. Anyway, it's not surprising that a lot of audiences want age appropriate, specific, relevant content. If you are a college student, you would probably like to watch and be able to relate to YouTubers who are in college. Catherine graduated years ago, but if you're interested in early career content, San Francisco content, check out her recent videos. Making relatable videos is very smart strategically because obviously you're going to attract an audience that is probably similar to you and is more likely to subscribe and end up liking you and your personality and your other videos. So from what I've seen, after a while of making these very broadly relatable videos, creators get more popular, but then they stop making those types of videos. Their videos start to be more about their life and them as a person. So their life and personality become the basis for their content. Now, of course, these videos can be very relatable as well, but they're not that same like broad level of relatability, if you get what I mean. By the way, relatability is relative. So how much you specifically relate to someone can be based on circumstances like age, gender, even where you live, or other things relevant to your lifestyle. Or relatability can be based more just on personality. So therefore, YouTubers can be relatable either through making relatable content and or having a relatable personality. So most of the YouTubers featured in this video are vloggers or lifestyle channels, and I'm gonna explain why I think they are the worst in terms of losing their relatability. Inevitably, as a creator becomes more popular and starts to make more money, their real life moves further and further away from what their average viewer's life is. And by the way, quickly, there is nothing wrong with making money. Good for you. Make your coin, pay your taxes, we're chillin'. These people can't really control the fact that their life just isn't relatable to the average person anymore, but they can control their content. You can definitely be successful and make a lot of money while being low-key about it and therefore maintaining your relatability. Your job and life circumstances can change drastically, but how will that change your content? Will it affect your personality? And this is all assuming that a creator would still want to brand themselves as relatable. Some creators obviously do intentionally flex their wealth and their luxury lifestyles. There's a lot of aspirational content, you know, people showing off what they have to people who also want that and dream of that. Mansion tours, new car videos, luxury hauls, they all get tons of views. But that, flex culture, is a whole other topic. This video is gonna focus on creators who appear to still want to stay relatable, in some ways at least. So I'm gonna start with some of the worst possible examples of YouTubers being painfully unrelatable. First scenario being a creator who shares a lot about their very unrelatable lifestyle without acknowledging their privilege, which makes them sound very out of touch and tone deaf. Like when Alfie Days tried the living on one pound a day challenge while still enjoying the luxuries that he had already surrounded himself with. Let's watch. We're gonna try something out that I've never even thought about. I've never even contemplated actually doing myself. My total bill for my food and drink intake is gonna be under one pound. 
I don't know if this is going to be possible. Like, we know what the premise of this video is. He's going to try and live on very little money. But he opens the video of him in a £1.7 million mansion. So that whole situation happened over a year ago, but in case you want to know more about it, I would definitely recommend watching the rest of Jack Mate's video on it. Oh my gosh. What? 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 Just realized I can't even use that. I'm gonna have to use this tap water instead. So not only can he not use his ice from his ice making machine, he's gotta drink normal water from a tap like normal people. It's not fair. There was also another video which kind of counted how much he actually spent that day or the worth of what he got that day because he literally went out and bought things and said they didn't count toward his one pound. May or may not have done a little bit of shopping in town. But no food, no drink, so don't worry, I haven't spent anything, anything out of the one pound budget. Bought myself a t-shirt, bought myself a game for me and Zoe and our family and friends to play. I bought a couple of earrings, bought a comb to brush my beard. Apparently it's really good. Oh, and I bought Zoe a pizza for dinner. And then he got some things for free, like he went to Krispy Kreme and ended up getting a free box of donuts because he knew the shop workers. Jacob and Lily are sorting me out. We've got a box. Thank you so much, guys. That doesn't count as living on one pound a day, Alfie. You've not done too bad, you know. That video was just incredibly tone deaf and showed how deeply out of touch he was, slash probably still is. And another painfully unrelatable video concept, testing out regular people things like shopping at Walmart or working a shift job. Yes, we're gonna talk about the Ace family. Guys, we are literally working right now at a restaurant. Yes, like, we are. Austin has been making food for the past hour and I've been taking orders. Do you understand how cool that is? Yes, the Ace family filmed a video pretending to work for about two hours at their friend's restaurant. Oh my God, I just noticed that they titled the video working at a restaurant for 24 hours. It was literally two hours and then they had a meet and greet. Oh my God. Imagine putting yourself in the shoes of regular people who work regular jobs every day. What a concept, how fun. What a silly experiment. Oh yeah, and they started the video like this because apparently they were going to a gala to get an award because they funded the building of some wells in Africa. So selfless, so humble. The Ace family is horrible for countless reasons, and just generally, I don't support family vloggers. I did make a few internet analysis videos about that about a year ago, if you wanna watch them. But now I have to give a shout out to Drew Gooden because he made a video similar to this topic. It was called Losing Your Relatability, and he focused specifically on the Ace family because they have a habit of making videos complaining about the small inconveniences of their very luxurious and privileged life. So nice to be able to go from the fitness gym to our master bedroom instead of having to go all the way downstairs. Guys, can you imagine how difficult that must have been for them? Thank God they made it out of that hellhole. From the fitness gym to our master bedroom so it's easy access. We don't have to go all the way downstairs and back upstairs. And I think that's something we all can relate to, right? When your fully functioning home gym is all the way downstairs, oh. but your room is upstairs, oh. so you gotta walk. Oh. Like, these aren't problems that real people have. 
Rich vloggers are not relatable. Okay, let's talk about vlogging. Some of my creator friends vlog and I watch their videos. Shouts out to Carrie, Megan, Haley Blay. But generally, if someone's main content is like daily vlogging, that is just not my thing. Here's a little rant about why. I just think the act of vlogging too often can be too personal and it definitely opens creators up to judgment and criticism about like every element of their life and their relationships. With YouTube, the more you are willing to share about yourself, the more money you can potentially make. So it's tempting, but I don't think it's very worth it. Anyway, that whole thing could be its own video too. So as an example of judging a vlogger's life and relationships, Let's discuss Haley Pham. First of all, Haley is young. I think she's about 18 and I'm not here to shit on a young creator, but she has been under fire recently for a few reasons. Basically, she made a story time video that I thought really embodies this you're not relatable anymore kind of phenomenon. She was talking about how she went on an anniversary trip with her boyfriend to Greece. She ended up paying thousands of dollars extra to rebook things because she made mistakes booking like her entire trip. And then she told people that they shouldn't travel there because it's politically and economically unstable. And basically that Santorini didn't meet her expectations based on what she had seen on Instagram. And then there was this whole kind of purity rant and her saying that she didn't deserve to have a, an infection. I don't know, it was a mess. Yikes. She did end up deleting the video a few days later and kind of making an apology, but not really saying sorry. But if you do want to know more about the situation, I would recommend these videos. So anyway, this may have been a somewhat relatable story if she were talking to a group of other young rich people, but telling this story to her audience, it was just totally tone deaf, offensive, and it made her look pretty ignorant. Ugh, isn't it so annoying when you have to waste an extra $10,000 on vacation? This would not happen to most people. Spending an extra $10,000 wouldn't be an annoyance. It wouldn't be possible at all. Anyway, Haley's been very successful in the past few years and she is dating another YouTuber named Ryan Trahan. They have a couple vlog channel together called The Trey Family and they just bought a house together. A young couple that's been dating about a year just bought a mansion together. Not relatable. No. Buying a house generally can be a great investment, but I don't think most people would recommend that you make that investment with the person you've been in a relationship with for a year when you're only 18 years old. The thing is, they have been documenting this whole process. And people typically like that kind of content. They like, you know, house hunting videos. They like moving in vlogs. But the actual videos based on the comments I saw have kind of made them seem a little bit unlikable, or again, at the very least, extremely unrelatable. So again, that goes back to my point. The more content that you make about certain aspects of your life, the more people will make judgments about it. I'm sure it definitely sucks to have people question your decisions about your finances or your relationship, but you're the one putting it out there. Obviously we got here because of you guys, so it feels like a family effort that we yeah. got here. As cheesy as that sounds, I really do feel like this is like a thing we're all sharing because we wouldn't have the ability to do this without you guys supporting oh God, us yeah. and being so sweet and nice and supportive and everything. But no matter how many times you thank your audience or talk about how grateful you are or even suggest that you're somehow sharing your house with your viewers. This is not relatable content. 
But again, yes, their circumstances have changed. They should be proud of their success and they are allowed to spend their money however they want to. But a big problem that I've seen Haley's viewers have with her is that they think that her personality has changed. So not only is it her content, because she's been making kind of more unnecessary, lavish spending type of videos. And then in addition to buying this house and everything, again, people think she's changed. They think that she's acting differently and maybe they're seeing a side of her that they don't like as much. This is what I mean when I say that you can alienate your audience. But this is not just Haley, and I don't want to pick on her. This seems to be a major pattern. When a creator gets successful, they start to make all this money. They literally have more money than they know what to do with it. And maybe because it counts as a business expense, they start making videos about spending money. Isn't that fun? These thousand dollar makeover, self-care videos, or completely unnecessary spending, buying ugly designer items for no reason. As soon as you casually start going on Gucci shopping sprees, it may be entertaining, it may get views, but it is not relatable. Here's the thing, if you make your content about other things, you can potentially kind of hide those less relatable elements of your life, or at least not go out of your way to make them the focus of your content. There's a huge difference between filming in a spot of your big beautiful house and making tons and tons of videos about your big beautiful house not relatable anymore. Your life is not relatable anymore, so your content is not relatable anymore. You become so rich and you're surrounded by other rich people that you literally lose touch of what the average person goes through. For example, Ellen DeGeneres. I recently fell down a weird rabbit hole of stories about how Ellen is apparently really mean, but in those articles I found a lot of pieces that were describing just how ridiculously wealthy she is now, and obviously how her real life personality and lifestyle is very different from her TV show persona. Here's a clip from her stand-up special last year, which was called Relatable. And he said, well, do you think you're still relatable? <laughs> Just then, Batu, my butler, stepped into the library. You're walking down the aisle to your seat, which is 10B or whatever it is. It's like Noah's Ark. There's a woman with a ferret. There's a man with a mongoose. I say 10B. Does a plane go back that far? I've never been back there. I didn't watch the whole special, so I can't say whether it's funny or not. Based on the trailer, I would say it's not my taste. But anyway, clearly the point of this special was to poke fun at herself for being so rich and so disconnected. I'm laughing because... Oh, what a problem to have. But she also made jokes about socks and trying on shoes, regular people things. Are they relatable jokes? Sure. Are they funny? The thing is, extremely rich people don't have to lose touch though. This is where it's important to um, stay down, down to earth. Let's take an example from ContraPoint's latest video. It was called Opulence and it's amazing. If you have a spare like hour, watch it. Specifically, she compared Jeffree Star and Gigi Gorgeous, two YouTubers who are rich and love luxury. Basically, Gigi made a video shopping at Walmart for a week and it was just not well received. So for today's video, I thought we would take it to a place I've never been, Walmart. So that's a bad start, Gorge. Most Americans have been to Walmart. Never having been marks your upbringing as upper middle class at least. Treating going to Walmart as some kind of challenge kind of comes across as you and your rich friends being like, what if we pretend to be poor for a day? And then on the other hand, you have Jeffrey who is literally flying in a private jet but eating Burger King. So he somehow maintains his relatability. You know, he talks about his white trash upbringing and just 
generally seems like he hasn't let his wealth go to his head. Unrelatable life, relatable personality. A creator doesn't have a relatable lifestyle, but the audience can still connect to their personality. So this is kind of like a middle area. And I pulled you guys on my Instagram to see which YouTubers you don't think are relatable anymore and which ones you do. And I kind of got an interesting mix, which brings up this group of people. So Jeffrey, I think, belongs in this group. And kind of on that note, Shane Dawson, obviously they've done their collaborations and series and stuff together. Shane Dawson is interesting because he's clearly rich and successful, but especially when he's with Jeffrey, he plays the like poor friend, which annoys some people, but also it's still kind of relatable. Here's the thing, I am poor around Jeffrey. <laughs> What? I just saw the price. Oh, it's not Jeffrey. bad. Oh my god. He's being dramatic. It's not bad. 2,500? But I think the main part of Shane's appeal is even after all these years of YouTube fame, people can just still relate to him. You know, his self-deprecating humor, his insecurities, his jokes. It's relatable. So I don't think they mind when he's showing off his Gucci slides or whatever. Love how this video just turned into me repeatedly questioning why anyone ever would want to buy Gucci. And then we have Emma Chamberlain, which is again debatable. A lot of people said she's still relatable. A lot of people said she's not relatable at all. A lot of people said that she changed after she moved to LA and obviously now she's extremely rich and she's literally working with Louis Vuitton. But I would say that her content for the most part still feels rather relatable. The content is not super extravagant usually and it relies on her personality more than anything, which does I think allow her to focus more on her and her relatable identity, personality, rather than her riches and fame. Even when Emma does extremely unrelatable things like going to Paris Fashion Week, most of her actual videos are just her in her hotel room ordering room service. So she keeps it semi-relatable even when she's traveling. So my last question is, how can you be a rich, successful person and still be relatable? First thing, as I've obviously mentioned, don't make your content about the unrelatable aspects of your life, be that wealth, fame, luxury goods, and other extreme first world problems. And two, don't let your wealth and fame change your personality, at least on camera. So back to Drew Gooden's video, he cited Jenna Marbles as a YouTuber who has clearly been very, very successful, made a lot of money, has a beautiful house, and she has still maintained her relatability, of course. She's like one of the most down-to-earth YouTubers because she doesn't show off any of her money, she doesn't brag about her success, and she's making the weirdest content on this website, and we are here for it. Here are some other YouTubers that I think fall into this category, to name a few. Sophia Nygaard, Cody Cohen, Noelle Miller, Joanna Sedia. These are all very, very successful YouTubers who have no doubt made a lot of money in their day, but they just keep doing their thing, and they don't flex. So I still have many questions. I want you guys to let me know your thoughts in the comments. My first question being, should YouTubers even try to maintain their relatability? What are the actual benefits of this? Or is it better for them to just cling to their wealth and luxury and make their content all about that? Because I mean, I don't know, people will still watch it. My second question is, should YouTubers try to hide their wealth? So I had kind of suggested that, like, just put it away, money bags. But I would say, like, don't lie or try to minimize it. Like, that would actually be really offensive and annoying too. I'm comfortable, says the person who makes over a million dollars a year. If you are rich, be honest about it. But that doesn't mean that you need to show it off or brag about it. Your audience knows you're rich. Don't try to pretend you're not. 
Anyway, that is all for today. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you haven't watched my last few videos, I would love if you would do so. They've gotten a little less views than usual. I don't know if they're just less relatable topics or maybe just less interesting. You can also follow me on Instagram for some mediocre pics. You can follow me on Twitter for political tweets and occasional memes. And please subscribe. At this moment, I am very, very close to almost 300,000 subscribers and I'm so excited. So thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. I hope you can relate to me sitting on the floor of my literal bedroom and stay tuned for my next internet analysis video. Okay, thanks, bye.